Hello and welcome to Working for Your Tomorrow, Hayes Podcast, your essential guide to the world of contingent workers. I'm Marina, Workforce Solution Consultant, and today we have a special guest joining us from Hayes, a global leader in professional recruitment and workforce solutions. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Let's introduce yourself briefly. Thank you for having me, Marina. It's really great to be here. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about three core topics today across the contingent workforce strategies, uh, specifically how the world of work is changing and how we're adapting and addressing these challenges over three podcasts. So first of all, today we're going to be looking at contingent worker process and services. So back to basics in some respects. And then we're going to talk about how we can evolve those with organisations by giving greater access to talent. And then finally, how do we then take those two things to think about a total workforce programme for organisations? We're delighted to have you. Let's dive straight into the questions as we have a lot of ground to cover. Before we get into detail, let's start with an overview of an MSP for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with the term. Okay, so MSP, um, it actually has multiple different terms and multiple different meanings depending who you talk to. We have a full body of analysts, which will term it as a managed service program. Other organizations will call it as a managed service provider. So it can be quite a complicated thing to navigate through. Um, but ultimately, if an organization engages with contingent workers, and when I mean contingent workers, that's a temporary worker, contractor, maybe even a consultant, maybe even a freelancer, anybody who's not a permanent employee of an organization, an MSP, regardless of the term you use, is something which would, um, would be helpful for the organization. Um, typically, um, the MSP will manage the end-to-end process of identifying, engaging, and bringing contingent workers into a business and making sure that the workers are engaged compliantly and really offering a number of different benefits to not only getting the talent, but also enhancing invoicing and supplier contracts. And there's lots of efficiencies that can be gained. I think the key element here is maybe not giving it a term. I think we always give it a term and we confuse people. Um, but really, if you've got contingent workers in, in your business, then there is potentially another way of working and engaging those that we can help with. Thank you for the overview. And how would organizations recognize whether they need an MSP? Um, it could come in many shapes and um, sizes. Um, with contingent workers, the, the responsibility and the input spans multiple different business areas. So you could be in HR, procurement, tax, legal, finance, the actual managers themselves who engage them. Um, so even with those roles, everybody has an interest or should have an interest in the workers coming into their business. Um, so typically an organization who doesn't have the support of an MSP will have potentially quite a lot of spend. They may not know what they're spending on contingent workers, um, which is clearly something to be thinking about. Um, they will have potentially maybe multiple different processes. So typically we see an organization where a manager will have a direct relationship with a supplier um, or maybe HR will help or maybe an administrator will help. But ultimately there's different ways of working um, and different suppliers being involved. So organizations may have a tight um, preferred supplier list with lots of great suppliers or they may be using... Um, lots of suppliers across the business. Um, and really, with if, if they haven't got one way of working and if they don't necessarily have one technology stack in place, they're not going to have the data to understand 
like who they've got, how much they cost, where they're working, and are they being engaged in a compliant way, um, which therefore obviously gives risk to an organization. It means that maybe they're not being as compliant as they should be. Um, and also, it, it may mean that the talent coming into the business isn't the best talent out there, and it may be costing too much money. Um, so there's lots of different kind of like levers that we would look at um, and lots of different areas that we would look at as well. But ultimately, um, I think the simple terms is lots of different ways of working. Um, that does expand into finance as well. So we mentioned about like, HR, procurement of finance. Um, like finance may be receiving multiple different invoices, like having to process lots of invoices, et cetera. So all of these things come with scale. Like, so the more workers you have, like the bigger the problem could be and therefore the bigger opportunity to get some great ways of working in place. That's great. Thank you. In addition, as our listeners include HR and procurement leaders, what kind of benefits can they expect to realize? Um, I think there's uh, six core benefits um, that we would typically talk to organizations about. Um, and actually, before I go into the detail, when an organization does have a real big opportunity to make changes, I think sometimes there is a, what's the cost of change? What is really the strategic outcome of making these changes? Um, because at, at tactical level and a day-to-day -day level, there's absolutely lots of enhancements that we can offer. Um, but I think before you get to that point as well, it's just yeah, I think it's just the the peace of mind that actually the change, the process to completing this change isn't a big ugly monster. It is something which can be done as an evolution as well. Um, but ultimately, when we think about the benefits and the opportunities for working in this way, um, the first key one is um, process optimization. So as I mentioned, if there is multiple different ways of working, really when we are working with organizations, we design a process end-to-end. -end. So if I'm a manager and needing a request, um, what type of resource should they have? Where should they go? Through to supporting the identification of those requests, um, like negotiating the rates, doing the offers, onboarding, and then going through into timesheeting, extension management, offboarding and paying. So that's even in, in that nutshell, that's our high level process. Um, but the process needs to be aligned to a business as well. Sometimes you'll hear organizations talk about, you know, best in class process, which is a term used all the time, but really it's only a best in class process if it fits an organization. So thinking about an organization's current tech stack, so what um, HRIS they use, what system they use for invoicing. Um, those key things are critical for us and we work with organizations to make sure that the process fits, um, that it delivers a really good experience for everybody involved. And then obviously with the optimization, we then enable the process like using technology. So you'll often hear the term a vendor management system um, which is used by MSPs to actually manage the process. That system enables the process, it offers data and insights, um, and those two things combined with our expertise and how we design the process for a business means that we can then tap into the other benefits. Those benefits will be um, greater access to talent. So if you think about your suppliers that you have at the moment, you may well be um, relying on one supplier or multiple suppliers, uh, you may have your managers talking to individuals directly or known talent. Really what we're trying to do here is not suffocate that net, but grow the net. 
and make sure that people can come into the business um, through the right channels and really ensure that a business is able to get talent quickly. Um, if you think about when you are putting a process in place, we often don't consider the end users as much as we should. But as a hiring manager, I've got a day job to do. All I really care about is a single process, quick, easy, um, and make it happen. And so we want to make sure that the process is optimized. It's enabled by technology, but it's also fast and provides quality and obviously brings the talent into a business. Our third area is really related to suppliers or recruitment agencies or vendors, depending on what an organization will call those individuals. Um, and actually, in some instances, it actually relates to individuals themselves. So not uncommon for us to talk to an organization and for them to have multiple different types of suppliers. Um, and also some of those could include freelancers or independent contractors who have been con contracted directly by a business and are there being and are therefore being managed and contracted as if they are a normal supplier. Um, so that landscape means an organization could be um, are working with lots and lots of different suppliers, all trying to do the same thing and delivering the same result. So a big part of our services is to enable those suppliers. So really identify who they are, work with them in a standardized contractual way, make sure that we're working with the best suppliers, um, and then also um, and motivate and reward and engage those suppliers so that they want to work with us and also organizations to bring talent in. So that's one thing. Um, and another thing with the suppliers is that we, we often think about uh, rates and spend and savings and, you know, from a finance perspective and a procurement perspective, you know, we're always looking to establish whether we can um, not only report on spend, but then and deliver cost savings. And there's a number of different ways that we can do that um, and work with an organization that we can then talk about um, direct savings and also indirect savings. Um, I think the final thing is all of these things are great, but actually the critical piece behind that is having the data to be able to make any changes and inform not only decision making, um, but also provide insights on what's happening outside the world as well. So there's lots of different information that we can provide. And I think the key thing, again, is if you look at it from a HR and a procurement side, everybody has um, a different view and a different need life on the service. Um, and so we ensure that each of those elements um, deliver that for them. It's really fascinating to hear about all the different benefits. Now, for our businesses who are new to an MSP, what does our MSP look like on a day-to-day -day basis? It's a great question. Um, and I think coming back to my um, answer a moment ago, um, I don't want to use the phrase, it depends, but it actually does, because we, sh we shouldn't and we don't encourage a single way of working um, for organization A, B or C because an organization's needs, wants and processes will be different and therefore we would have um, a bespoke way of working for them. Typically though, our process starts before a manager actually says that he has a requirement. So um, we have teams of experts who understand the market, understand the world of work, understand talent, um, understand uh, legislation, which is important for contingent workers. So things about employment, tax, those elements. Um, and so when a manager has a potential request, our teams initially consult with them and guide with them on potentially the best way to find that person, the best cost, the location, and the best type of worker. 
in some instances, we may say, actually, uh, we re uh, recommend that you don't use a contingent worker for this resource because actually we want to make sure that we're using the talent in the right way. Um, if we do agree that a contingent worker is the right type, and bearing in mind there's different types of contingent workers, um, we haven't touched upon it yet because we talked about um, contingent workers, contractors, etc. Um, but one of the key things that is important is understanding whether we should be bringing in someone who is a temporary worker or we should be using someone who's an independent contractor or maybe a freelancer. There's tax and employment considerations for both of those. Um, and also we then want to consider how we're going to pay them. Are we going to pay them based on their time or are we going to pay them based on their deliverables? All those conversations are held up front so we can really advise and guide. Um, and actually those insights end up fast tracking the process because then we're not wasting time and energy going down the wrong channel. Um, so when that conversation has completed, um, we then support the business on actually um, finalizing their request. That may well be with job description, skills requirements. It may well be more of a services, a services statement or a statement of work requirement. Um, but again, the team provide that advice and guidance and give, give a more strategic lens to what's required. Um, and then we kind of go into more the tactical process, if you will. So we make sure that the request will have the relevant finance and, and headcount approval. So obviously HR will typically want to know what workers are coming into the business, the skills of those workers, and how long they're intending to be there. And our friends in finance also want to know how much is it going to cost so they can manage budgets and potentially forecast um, cost. So um, we will provide the information to both parties. Um, again, it's very flexible depending on the organization, but we typically provide the information. We would be able to give a budgeted estimated cost. We'd be able to give some comparisons because we use a market rate driven approach. Um, and then once we have full approval to proceed, we would then manage the process with suppliers or potentially with um, pre-identified candidates. So those who are known to a business or maybe referred um, or even maybe think about are there alternative channels that we can um, lean on to bring um, um, talent into a business. Um, once a person has been identified, you know, we, we support with the interviewing or the selection. Um, and then once we have then successfully identified the right person, um, we would then help support the negotiation of maybe the rate or the date, or maybe even the deliverables if they're going to be paid on a statement of work. And then finally, we will then create a work order or an assignment which is approved by all parties, that in itself reduces lots of administration because it means we haven't got paper flying around or emails flying around. All the terms of the engagement are um, digital and online. So once we have acceptance, we would then help with the onboarding. Again, so that's an area which is very specific to a client. Um, it may well be we do have background checks. It may well be that we support with um, submitting the information into a HRIS for IT provisioning, lots of different things depending on the requirements. It also depends on the worker because if you're bringing in a independent contractor, we're potentially going to be doing more checks to, to confirm that that person is um, genuinely self-employed rather than maybe someone who is a temporary worker. So all those individuals um, would go through different checks. Um, and then once the person's actually started and all confirmed, we would then obviously um, enable them to timesheet or submit their uh, milestones, all through for payment. Um, so, and then we are able to then 
invoice on behalf of the suppliers and so forth. Um, the one thing I think just to add on that is that's kind of the process at a high level. Um, it's all managed by technology, which gives us data, insights, tra like auditable tracks. We have, we performance measure. So we're thinking about cycle times, how long things are taking, quality. Um, and also the process is then underpinned by feedback as well, because the process on day one, six months, one year, should evolve and continuously improve with feedback. And so that's a factor that we take into consideration. And finally, even that process, I mentioned all the different stakeholders. It is really covering a hiring manager, HR from a recruitment worker perspective, procurement because of the supplier contracts and the reduction of administration and contracts. And then also um, the MSP then helps finance because we are reducing the number of invoices being paid from an accounts payable. And even with finance business partners, we're giving them greater information on budgets. So coming back to the, what does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? That, it does depend. Um, it depends on the organization. It, it depends on the workforce. Um, and actually it, it probably depends day by day within the same organizations because of the nature of how people are engaged in while working. Um, but ultimately we would, like we have a structured process which is driven by technology to support. Oh, that sounds like we can really add value to an organization. Any tips on how they can identify whether an MSP is right for them? Um, I think there's some real um, data, I think, is one thing. Um, but actually, even before that, if an organization is... So if I ask an organization, do you know how many contingent workers you have? How much do you spend? How many are temporary workers or independent contractors? Um, how effective is your invoicing? Um, and if an organization struggles to answer those questions, it's probably the right time to explore this conversation further and try and find out the answers. Um, if you take a kind of a, a step back from the moment from MSP full stop and thinking about all those different stakeholders, if HR is unable to say which workers we have within our business, there is potential then to, and also how they're engaged, there is potential that um, an organization could be um, open to potential employment um, risks. So if an individual has been there for a large amount of time, you know, and then they leave, they, you know, they could claim unfair dismissal and so forth. But the key thing there is, again, data, knowing who's there, how long they've been there for, and what they're doing. From a procurement perspective, you know, you may have multiple different contracts in place and, you know, we would always want to reduce the number of suppliers that we're working with. Um, and also, you know, if you then tap that into invoicing, really want to make sure that an organization is able to process and pay invoices because, you know, like the value of an organization is, is going to be driven by multiple different things. Headcount and also invoicing and debt and so forth. So... From a leadership perspective, this type of workforce gives great opportunities to a business, but it actually does carry not only this, the tactical risk, but some strategic risk as well. So um, first of all, it, it is actually about the data. There's multiple ways of finding that data. Um, we talk to organizations, they're like, oh, we don't know. And how do we find that out? There are definitely ways of doing so. Um, so I think the first tip would be to, if you can't answer those questions, um, start exploring whether the, that there is data available to do so. Um, and we can always help uncover that and um, 
sometimes you do have to have conversations. You, need to, like, you do need to engage with the business and it, it can take what can seem like a lot of effort to find out the answer, but it's also worthwhile. And then finally, um, just understanding how it works today. I mentioned that decentralized approach. I think it's really important to understand how it works today. Um, and probably, yeah, process and data, the key things. Okay, so uh, basically now we know what an MSP is, the benefits, and how to identify if we need one. What should we do next? I think if there is a, if there's any query on answering those questions that I mentioned earlier, who, what, when, how, I think um, the first step is to start answering those questions and, and we can help with that. Um, we've got the expertise um, and we've, you know, and the ex the expertise the experience um and also it's like surprisingly really good fun to do it <laughs> um but actually like we can help answer those questions i think once you've got the answers to the questions the key thing is um working with a partner who will design a solution for you um not something that is off the shelf not something which is tried and tried again um it has to be right for you as a business um and i think well, You need both of those elements to so the right solution, the right partner, um, and then you'll be able to have a business case for change um, because because ultimately you know, this is a transformation to your business which will um, offer you automation and optimization and will really enhance um, how you engage contingent workers. Thank you very much, Kirsten, for sharing your expertise and insights on MSP yet. You're welcome. If you're interested in MSP, do not hesitate to listen to our next series of podcasts. You can find all our podcast recordings on our website. In the meantime, don't hesitate to subscribe to our channel or to follow us on, on our LinkedIn account to get the latest news. If you have any questions or recommendations, feel free to reach out, out to us via the link in the podcast description. I wish you a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Kirsten, and hear you soon.